Hello, mamas, Laura here, and today we are chatting about the current societal expectations around mothers bouncing back and why we need to change this culture ASAP. Enjoy! Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with physio. Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we're kicking off with episode four in the Matrescence series, diving into the current culture around mothers bouncing back and why this is not a helpful message at all. We'll also chat about different cultural practices for postpartum recovery and how they all have this common thread of rest, nourishing foods, and village support. Now, this is episode four of a five-part matrescence series with the wonderful Nikki McCann, our beautiful matrescence educator. So make sure you go back and listen to the first three episodes if you haven't already, as we do discuss exactly what matrescence is, the different physical, social, emotional, and biological changes that occur, and the best ways to help prepare yourself for the postpartum period. There is so much important content still to come in this matrescence series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you do not miss out. Now, in this matrescence series, we'll be chatting about managing the mental load of motherhood. And we also have that bonus sixth episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse, where Nikki answers member questions around managing stress and anxiety adjusting to a change in relationship with your partner after birth and how we can lean more into our feminine energy to help bring more peace, calm and balance into our motherhood journey. This entire podcast series and all our other podcast series, along with all our exclusive member-only content, is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch this entire podcast series right now, rather than waiting for future episodes to come out, please do go check out The Pregnancy Posse. I have taken my years of experience helping pregnant and postnatal women as a women's health physiotherapist and turned it into an easy to understand online program. So when you join the Pregnancy Posse, I will guide you week by week throughout your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer every single question from my wonderful Posse members so that you can avoid that dreaded Google rabbit hole. And there is also a lovely community forum where Posse members all support each other, along with an extensive resources library, which helps to educate you on all topics related to pregnancy, birth, and the postpartum period. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancybossy.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. Now, let's get into episode four of our five-part matrescence series. You are going to love today's chat with Nikki as we discuss different cultural postpartum practices and the current Western toxic culture around mothers bouncing back after birth. Enjoy. I wanted to ask because I know that um, you're aware of different practices so obviously in western society I think that is sort of the norm still that whole like who can get into their genes the fastest and who can you know be at a cafe and day two with their baby and like loving life back into it all and you know I think of like your Kate Middleton who's dressed up looking beautiful as soon as she leaves the hospital and there's that facade of like just bouncing back very gracefully and very polished and everything's going really well 
and getting back into career, getting back into housework, getting, and, you know, from a physical point of view as a physiotherapist, I'm so anti this. I'm so big on resting. Mm. But what other cultural practices are you aware of where this isn't the norm? Because obviously this is the norm in our worlds and Mm. hopefully not for too much longer. Hopefully we start to acknowledge that rest and recovery is important, but do you know of other practices that could maybe help us to understand that there's other ways to transition yeah. into motherhood? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll talk about a couple of those. I think it's important as well with what you were saying, like a lot of the time that's a worthiness thing as well. You know, I can't just be a mum. I have to do this as well. And I have to make sure that everyone sees that I'm doing everything, you know, and please like give me... Um, like look at what I'm doing and recognize me and yeah, praise, you know, and I think that's a really dangerous trap to fall into as well. Um, And like you said, I think it's, you know, you've said that you've sort of noticed it with, um, with making sure you don't praise other women. I think it does. It's really important for us to see that Mm. Um, because as well, that can also be about over-functioning, you know, people can be having a really tough time and be trying to create again, this mask of motherhood saying I've got it together I've got it together I've got it together and underneath they're like actually I don't have it together I don't have it together and everyone telling me that I have it together makes me think I need to have it together more and now the mask is getting tighter and I can't breathe like it's really yeah I think we need to like recognize that that happens Mm. um and that people who look like they have it together don't always have it together you know I like like the analogy of the duck like the graceful gliding on top of the surface but underneath it's just (laughs) the legs are just going at a million miles an hour not that you can see it but there's a lot of hecticness going (laughs) underwater (laughs) yeah and I think again you know like going back to the worthiness piece just knowing that you don't have to do everything you don't have to do that to be a good mom you don't have to do that to you know whatever it is that society is like telling you um and yeah I just think that's really important but um back to the postpartum practices so pretty much like I don't want to say all but a lot of um cultures recognize um postpartum as a really sacred time and the important thing about how they recognize this time is they see it as not just the baby who is vulnerable but also the mother who's like exceptionally vulnerable and you know um soft and and needs to be cared for and protected during this time so there's lots of different um like practices across cultures in China, there's um, a 40 day, around 40 day confinement period where they sit mm. out a month. And during that time, um, the mother spends most of her time sort of like resting. The baby will be brought to her to be fed. Um, she'll be fed certain um, foods that are, have healing properties and warmth properties. So lots of like, you know, ginger and warming soups and um, congees and things like that to try and restore balance back into her body. Um, so that's sort of um, the process in um, China. Um, and there's different like variations of how strict that would be like in some for some people it would also mean not washing your hair um, not having a shower and things like that because water is cooling and they're trying to um, keep the mother warm 
Then in some cultures within India, it might be that they sit the woman by the fire for about a few weeks, a few weeks, a month, um, and feed her, you know, special foods, again, like warming foods. So there's different sort of practices all over the world, but the thing that they all have in common generally is that there's a need for a special diet. So eating restorative foods, making sure she's eating things that are going to replenish her body. And, and if she's, um, you know, breastfeeding, they give her the right nutrients and stuff that she needs to be able to do that. Um, need for rest, big one. Uh, need Who for- would have thought it, hey? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Um, support, so having the support of an extended sort of family and community around um, the mother, um, the need for... Um, what was the other one? Uh, sometimes there's like physical practices around like, you know, binding the belly or um, getting like treatments done to try and restore the body back into balance. And yeah, I think those are kind of like the main principles. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people talking about you, maybe we should incorporate that um, practice into our um, sort of like culture as well or you know should we just take that 40-day confinement period and, and put it into what we're doing and I think there are lots of people that are doing that and that works really well for them but I think even if you just get the basic principles mm-hmm. and you go okay support I'm going to need some support I'm going to need to eat a special diet I'm going to need to make sure I'm resting I'm going to need to have help around the house or whatever it might be and you just get those ideas and then you can start creating um how you want to support your postpartum Mm. from that um because yeah i think it's really it's it's a a really sacred time and we live in a culture that doesn't really acknowledge it as being sacred Mm. um one of the things that i think can be quite challenging for women as they're going through this process is that because it isn't acknowledged by society for us, we have to claim the time is sacred for ourselves. And then again, we're going to rub up against those self-worth issues. Who am I to claim this time for myself? Am mm-hmm. I being selfish? Am I being um, annoying or whatever? And I think, again, it's really, really important that we advocate for ourselves and yes. say, no, this time is sacred. Mm-hmm. I claim this time. You know, I'm not having visitors 12 hours after I give birth, I'm putting down my boundaries. This is what I want. This is what I need for my family and for us to feel, you know, comfortable and calm and for Mm. this to be like a soothing, nurturing environment and experience. But, Mm. yeah, I just, I know that um, even for me, you know, thinking about when I do postpartum again, like I had that little thought pop up like, oh, are people going to think I'm like, you know, a bit high maintenance that I'm going to need all this time. And then I'm like, no, like, <laughs> because it's, it's a constant it, process yeah. of overriding those, oh, yeah. and those internal dialogues. Cause I thought the exact same thing when you said that, I was like, Oh, I'd rather, I don't want to push, you know, buttons. I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable at the expense of you feeling uncomfortable. Like it's a very interesting dialogue, isn't it? And I know a lot of people resist it. So I know a lot of people who don't have visitors. Granted, I think COVID's been amazing for these sort of people because they don't have to have visitors in the hospital. But um, I know a lot of people would prefer to suffer themselves than to Mm. potentially make 
someone else feel awkward or uncomfortable. And that's what we're conditioned to do, though, as women. From the time we are very little girls, it is like put your needs aside, mm-hmm. make everyone else happy. And yes. we are. that's a really uh, hard habit to break, but just acknowledging that that is, in fact, a habit and it's a habit that doesn't serve ourselves or our families mm-hmm. is really important because then we can start pushing back and say, no, I matter too. You know, this is important. And mm. if someone else doesn't like it, then that's going to be okay. You know, they'll get yes. over it. Um, but, yeah, we are just conditioned to always make other people comfortable yeah. at the expense of ourselves. Oh, it's, yeah, you just want to, like, bust that through, <laughs> don't you? It's like, no longer. <laughs> it's good to have the awareness and everything starts with awareness. As soon as you know it, then you can start hearing those little voices that pop up, like when we were talking, going, oh, should be doing that and mm. then you go hold on a second why like, yeah yeah 100 i remember <laughs> and the fact that i remember probably shows <laughs> that it was yeah terrible i remember asking a girlfriend this is second postpartum experience so with my daughter um she was coming around to visit wonderful friend like would have done anything anyway but um I asked her, do you mind just swinging past and grabbing me a decaf latte on your way through? And it was like a moment for me because I would never have dared ask someone to go five minutes out of their way to grab me something because I would have been like, I don't even need one. I don't want to make them go out of their way. Like, I'm fine. I'll just have an instant coffee at home. And it was the most delicious coffee. I felt so (laughs) happy that I was, because I couldn't get out that day. (laughs) And she was so happy to help me. And it was like a really good reminder that, oh, it was like a micro step of, oh, actually asking for help feels good. (laughs) Like feels good for everyone. And I just remember it being this big deal. And I remember thinking that it was ridiculous that it felt like a big deal as well, because I'd just been so independent and so self-reliant and I would bend over backwards and like do anything I could to do it myself rather than to have to ask someone to do it for me. And I just think it was a really yeah special moment to remind me that, oh, actually like this, this can be done. <laughs> yeah. It's that being vulnerable thing. Cause it's vulnerable when you have to like say, I, I can't do something myself. Like, can you help me? You're in a vulnerable mm. position. And um, if you do have self-worth, issues or you're not that you do Laura but like if you do I'm sure we all do (laughs) we all do I'm not bulletproof (laughs) um but if you like if you have built up the identity and I can do everything myself Mm. I'm independent then having to ask someone for help is really vulnerable like it feels really uncomfortable Um, but as you said most people really want to help and they want to feel valued and like they're Mm. contributing and that they're you know able to to help others so we're really giving them an opportunity to do that as well 100 and i remember my mum always every time i asked her she's like thankfully thank god you're finally asking me to do something for you like i've been waiting for you to ask <laughs> um and i think it's like anything it's a muscle like you you mm-hmm. strengthen that muscle by you know practicing maybe start with something little like hey do you mind just grabbing me a coffee on your way in and then it becomes something like hey do you mind looking after my child for an hour while i go and do some i'm doing massive air quotes here selfish task for myself (laughs) i still have friends that say to me oh you know i was a bit selfish this morning i went and did some exercise and i just i think it's easier to 
see it in other people and not so much yourself. Yeah. I remember being like, how? How is that selfish? That's actually the best thing you could be doing for yourself right now. And I was thinking before we were talking, for those women who might struggle to take time out for themselves and to self-connect, I do think what you said before about thinking of your child, it's almost like it's not entirely self-focused, but thinking if my child sees me fill my cup up, that's really good for them. And that's really good for their development. And sometimes I find if I'm struggling to justify spending some time on my own, I always think my son and my daughter too, but she's much younger. So I think less about how she interprets it. But my son needs to see that mummy goes and does things that make her really happy because that is so important for his development, Mm -hmm. growing up to know that it's important for him to do things that make him happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think if you're finding it hard to do it for you and only you, it's really good to think about how your child perceives that and do it for your child and then, you know, everyone's happy. So I just wanted to make that note about that as well for those women that I know will be struggling to justify, not that you need to ever justify, but to try and reason that they should take some time out for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Oh, so good. Now, I do want to delve into some Pregnancy Posse members did submit some questions um, that you are so kindly going to answer for them and they delve into topics like feeling maternal and not feeling maternal and whether or not that's normal or if that's bad or that's good and how we can navigate relationships after birth, specifically with our partners, because obviously a lot of things are changing as we acknowledge. So we're going to dive into that now. But before we do, is there any other final comment or area of matrescence and postpartumhood that you wanted to explore that we didn't touch on? No, I think we've pretty much, yeah, covered covered a good area. (laughs) Awesome. Good, good, good. Hey mamas, Laura here. Please tell me that you now have a greater understanding of how to truly nourish yourself after birth and that you no longer feel the pressure to get back to being air quotes normal. As I mentioned in the podcast, for too long, I wore the title of super mum like a badge of honor. So the more work I could get done whilst baby napped on my chest, the better. The cleaner my house was, the better I was. The more social outings I attended, the better I was. And that is all just so not true. And if you want to work and socialize and have a clean house, then by all means, go for it, girlfriend. But the message I'm trying to get across here is that you shouldn't feel the pressure to do this, that doing these things makes you a good mom or a better mom necessarily. No, not at all. You need to listen to your body, do what feels right for you and know that you are so worthy. Motherhood is a full-time job and you need rest and support. Now, if you'd like to learn more from Nikki or check out her amazing resources, you can find her on Instagram at Dear Mama Project. I'd also love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know if you too got sucked into this current bounce back culture. In the last episode of this matrescent series, we'll be covering how to best manage the mental load of motherhood. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you never miss any of our upcoming episodes on the podcast. 
And remember, you can find this entire series along with all our other podcast series live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So for most series of the podcasts that we record, we also do exclusive bonus content for Pregnancy Posse members. And in the bonus member-only episode for this Matrescence series, Nikki talks us through managing stress and anxiety, adjusting to a new relationship with your partner after birth, and ways that we can step into our feminine energy more easily when we become a mum. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts and extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, and managing pregnancy pains and injuries, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with myself. Now, I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal experience, so just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. I will catch you soon for episode five in this five-part matrescence series where we'll be chatting about managing the mental load of motherhood. Until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.